Dear brothers and sisters, the Lord instituted the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist at the Last Supper when he gathered with his disciples for the Passover meal on the night before he died. Anticipating the death he was about to undergo for our salvation, Jesus took bread and said, This is my body. And he took the cup filled with wine and said, This is my blood. He changed bread and wine into his body and blood. And he told the disciples, Do this in memory of me. Thus, when we receive Holy Communion at each Mass, we receive the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. To receive the Lord in Holy Communion is to be joined in deep friendship with God. A friend, and we know this, a friend is a treasure in life. To be a friend to someone is to want what is good for him or her. It is to share in the other's successes and failures. It is to be a good listener and to be able to give good advice. In short, to be a friend means not only to desire that a person be happy, but to actively work to achieve that happiness. This is precisely what Jesus does for us, dear brothers and sisters, as our friend. Through Jesus the Word, God the Father created us so that we would be happy, happy in this world in view of the eternal happiness which awaits us in heaven. The friendship of God and His Son Jesus is our greatest treasure. He watches over us always, sharing in our successes and failures, our joys and sorrows. And with the advice that He gives us through the Scriptures, the teachings of the Church, and the inspirations which come to us through the Holy Spirit in prayer, Jesus helps us to grow in holiness. Yes, with God's help, disciples of Christ not only can meet the challenges of life, but they can be truly happy. We can become like our teacher. We even can say that we can become like God. This is God's plan for everyone in this church. Above all, friendship involves sacrifice, to give oneself for the good of another. Such generosity is the true measure of love. This is the focus of today's readings. God's covenant with Israel is recounted in the passage from the book of Exodus. The people accept God's offer to be his chosen people, and they promise all that the Lord has said we will heed and do. Thus, the people were giving themselves, giving themselves completely to God. And they resolved to fulfill God's commands in order to give glory to him. How do we give God glory? By doing what he asks us to do. Living according to the ways he tells us to live. This promise was sealed by the blood of sacrificed bulls, which were sprinkled on the people. The blood sprinkled on both the altar and the people joined God and the Israelites together in a covenant. At the Last Supper, God's Son declares the sacrifice of his own blood, his own blood which fulfills the covenant God made with his people. St. Mark recounts in his Gospel that Jesus, as he consecrated the wine in the cup, said, This is my blood of the covenant, which will be shed for many. 
Christ effects sacramentally the sacrifice of himself, which we would, he would make on the cross the next day in atonement for man's sins. Christ's one sacrifice is perpetuated in time and made present at every holy mass. The sacred author of the letter to the Hebrews explains that it was at the cost of Christ's blood that man has obtained eternal redemption. Since a death has taken place, the scripture said, we heard it, since a death has taken place for deliverance from transgressions under the first covenant, those who are called by faith in Jesus Christ may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Dear brothers and sisters, Christ's sacrifice on Calvary was the acme of his life. The high point. It's why it's the symbol of our faith. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. The Eucharist embodies the great love of Jesus for his friends. You are my friends, Jesus said, if you do what I command you. To do what Christ commands, to love him sincerely, requires sacrifice. As he himself said, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. It is right here that we touch the very heart of Christianity. It is right here that we come up against the cross. It is right here that we prove or disprove the reality of our love for God. Time and again, Christ equated love for God with obedience. To obey God is to give oneself to him. It is to do what he asks of us, even when it is difficult or when we would rather not. We must develop the habit of love, of obedience, of sacrifice, so as to become second nature to us. This is why the Lord demands that we take up our cross daily, daily, and then follow him. Loving sacrifice for God means making time every day for God in prayer. It means not using the name of the Lord in vain. Rather, whenever we call upon God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, it should be with reverence or in moments of great need. It means keeping Sunday as a day of the Lord. Above all, by attending Mass with our brothers and sisters in faith. It means living the teachings of the Gospel as they are communicated and explained by the church, especially those that are most challenging and go against the tenets of the prevailing culture. While we are friends of Jesus, we are called to be friends of one another, beginning in the family, beginning in the family. One must look to the needs of parents, children, brothers and sisters before one's own. For love of them, one should desire their happiness and share in their successes and failures. We should be good listeners and be willing to give good advice. A spirit of generosity and compassion is the hallmark of the Christian family. Of course, love for God, which is shared in the family, should naturally flow out. Flow out to the community, to the school, the workplace, the neighborhood the parish. And yet here too we often encounter the cross. 
It is easy to love our friends and family. It's not hard to love everybody, so-called, in a vague or general sort of way. But to wish well to and pray for and be ready to help that woman across the street who told lies about you or that double-crossing relative who got all of your late aunt's money or the person who cut you off on the road. Well, it's hard enough to forgive them, let alone to love them. And in fact, left to ourselves, dear friends, it would be impossible. But we are not left to ourselves. The grace of Christ's sacrifice, his love poured out in the Eucharist, comes to us and gives us the grace to love as he calls us to love. And unless we love in this way, our love is not sincere. Again and again, we must draw strength from gazing at the crucifix. We must draw strength from Christ's body and blood. Christ's sacrifice, his love, was real. And so must be our own. Dear brothers and sisters, our reflection on the Eucharist as the sacrifice of Christ, which won our salvation from sin and death, and thus gives us hope of eternal life, should inspire us to practice regularly the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Through these works, we put into effect the interior piety that disposes us to receive well the body and blood of Christ. It is for us who take up our cross daily to feed the hungry, give, to give drink to the thirsty, to clothe the naked, to shelter the homeless, to visit the imprisoned, to visit the sick, and to bury the dead. These are the corporal works of mercy. We who love the Lord are also called to instruct the ignorant, to counsel the doubtful, to admonish sinners, to bear wrongs patiently, to forgive offenses willingly, to comfort the afflicted, and to pray for the living and the dead. These are the spiritual works of mercy. Perhaps this week, dear brothers and sisters, we could give, give some thought as to how we might practice these works of mercy more consistently. May a day never end in which we have not performed some work of mercy. In this way, our love for Jesus will increase and we will give him glory as a sign of our gratitude for the treasure of his life with us in the most holy Eucharist.